since time again Back when Eve was in the garden Oh, Adam was watching her walk away Welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, a podcast for fans of the guests who appear on this show, as well as fans of music in general, and a podcast for musicians, singers, songwriters, artists, entertainers who want to learn more to help them grow in what they're doing. I'm your host, Bruce Wozniak from Now Hear This Incorporated. Check out www.nowhearthis.biz. Be sure to sign up for the email newsletter there, which is quick and easy. All that's required is an email address. We are coming to you from Crystal Blue Sound Studios near Tampa, Florida. Check them out on the web at www.cbpro, as in Crystal Blue Productions, cbpro.net. Be sure you are subscribing to this podcast and telling your friends to do so as well. We are thrilled to be on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and SoundCloud. Lots of great guests on Now You Hear This Entertainment, or as I've taken to calling it, NHTE. We are back to our regular format after last week's Best Of show. If you didn't hear that one, I highly recommend you go back and listen to episode 101. We played clips from a fair number of the first 100 shows. And the 100th episode hangover, so to speak, is still lingering in a way. The guest on episode 100 was someone who'd previously appeared back on episode 11. And joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Nashville, my guest previously appeared on episode 12, a show that would go on to be one of the most, if not the most, listened to episodes of Now Hear This Entertainment. He is a singer-songwriter who has written more than 3,000 songs and has worked with and performed with some big names in country music who we will talk about today. He is an ambassador to the music scene in Nashville while still being a terrific entertainer. You have been hearing one of his songs entitled Bare Feet. It's my pleasure to welcome back to the show, Mark Allen Barnett. Hi, guys. Hey, Bruce. Hey, Nick. How's everything? Mab, Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you and everybody up here. That was a very impressive uh, opening there. Uh, uh, episode 12. I love that. That's great. Yeah, well, I'm excited to have you back. You, you always have great advice, and, and I guess that's been proven by how many people have listened to the episode of the show that we previously had you on. People want to hear what you have to say, I guess. <laughs> well, thank you so much. It makes me feel great. I appreciate it. <laughs> well, before we get into the do's and don'ts and updates and storytelling and all that, uh, talk about the song that was just playing, Bare Feet. Yeah, it was uh, with Frankie Ballard, who has become a, just an amazing artist. I'm I, I just uh, very proud of him, and uh, was the first thing that we wrote. And uh, he wanted a real swampy, southern rock-feeling song with a, uh, a thing about women's feet. He liked women's feet, but he didn't want to sound like a pervert, so that's what we did. <laughs> and uh, He's an amazing talent, great guitar player, great singer, and he's just extraordinary. And has had a great career. Three number ones last year. He was really proud of it. We have had a lot of guests on the show over the first 100 episodes from Nashville, and I know that if people if people know one music venue in Nashville, I would argue that it's the Bluebird Cafe. Uh, right or wrong, probably no helped in large part by the TV show Nashville. But singer-songwriters, no so, singer, of course, know that, that the Bluebird is the prestige place to perform. And a couple nights ago, you just played there again. I did. It was great. Yes, I sure did. I, I love There's no place... 
like that. It, it was designed around the shush format that you really listen to the songs. And yeah, there's getting a lot of tourists in who watch the television show. They want to come in. And of course, the first thing that goes, my God, this is it. It's so small because it is very small. But that's what gives it the intimate thing. And that's why everybody wants to play. I will say I did play the early show. The show after us was Amy Grant and Vince Gill. Wow. So it was a good night at the Bluebird. Wow. But all these times that you've played there, is, is it is it just as special every time that you play there? Absolutely. It is It is the Broadway of Nashville singer-songwriters. You know, we have in, in Nashville the, the Grand Ole Opry, which is, you know, country music and the legends of country music. Well, for songwriting, uh, when, it, when it got started uh, in, in the late mid-'80s with Amy Curlin, who just came up with this idea to have a cafe that's centered around music and, and very, be very attentive, it is every time. It's, it's kind of nerve-wracking because literally everybody's sitting in, on your lap. And they're listening to every word and every influence and every nuance you have. So you uh, you want to be careful not to pick your nose too much, you know. But uh, <laughs> it's uh, it is every time it still has that same thing. It's it's what most country music entertainers have with the Grand Ole Opry. Myself and most of the people in this town have with the Bluebird. They're songwriters. It's it's the mother church of songwriting. Interestingly enough, uh, listeners. Go back and listen to episode 95. We had 15-year-old New York City-based singer-songwriter Chloe Collins on the show, and she talked about, Mab just said, the the painstaking, uh, in her case, Chloe was, was somebody who stood in line, got, you know, called on the phone in the morning yeah. and got her, got her place and had to stand in line. And so we, so we were kind of doing the math on that episode of, of how long a day that is from showing up and standing in line outside until you actually strum your first note on the guitar. Right. Uh, I mentioned, right. yeah. I mentioned the TV show, Nashville Mab, um, the TV show American Idol is launching its final season is, is, is it good that it's ending? Has has American Idol been good for the music industry or no? Yes and no. I, I think there's uh, with any uh, any kind of change in technology, it, it brings good things. It brings uh, you know people that are on American Idol are have gotten great publicity, and of course it's spawned a lot of things like The Voice and everything. But like anything, it can be overdone. And, and, you know, now record labels and and uh, people are expecting you to go through the reality television show. And a lot of it is, if you behind the scenes, there's a lot of not as much reality as you would think, you know. And uh, having been involved with a contest back in the 80s uh, that was not quite the same thing, but it was a band thing, national contest. It, it, there's a lot of manipulation in these things. And, and so there there can be some negatives about it. Uh, and, uh, you know, you, it's hard to put a finger on one thing. I just know that there it has unleashed the floodgates of people trying to do music, which you have an over amount of supply. It is very difficult to monetize what you do. And so that's created, you know, a, a big a big explosion in people trying to do this. <laughs> yeah, we had we had Jared Dillon on episode 93. He was on The Voice in season three, yeah. and he talked about The Voice in American Idol. And I told him how on episode 83, Mark Andrew was on, and, and Mark was on both and kind of right. talked about, you know, going from one to the other and in, in which he felt was better. And Jared was really caught off guard, really took exceptions and said, wow, that's the opposite of, of what I heard. But, uh, right. you know, an, another familiar name, speaking of those shows, 
In in the intro of this show, I had mentioned that you have worked with some folks that have gone on to big things. Uh, Frankie Ballard, yeah. you, you mentioned his name already with the song that we played, is, is one of the people that, that you've worked with. And I'm sure we talked about Frankie back on episode 12 when you were on. And, and now more recently, Megan Lindsay, this past year, made it... Uh, uh, she was on The Voice, speaking of, of reality performance shows. So I wonder, do you feel like a proud papa seeing some of these pupils of yours going on to the successes of, of a Frankie Ballard and Megan Lin- Lindsay, to name just two? Yes, absolutely. I mean, you. Um, I, I kind of liken it to a guy who's a high school football coach and watches his football quarterback go on and begin play pros you know i mean it's kind of very much like that because uh you you work with them and you have you know a little bit of time with them i I can't say that i developed anybody i can say that i had a hand in helping them get from one place to another and then they have to do it megan and frankie are an amazing talent and it was shown in that megan came up first runner-up she was she was right there and there was an interesting thing to watch the uh the television show and watch the different things they put her through and of course knowing a little bit about the backstory what was going on uh it, it adds some interesting dimensions but you most certainly feel very very proud just to know them you're glad your friends do well and how and how i am bruce Wozniak, and joining me on the now hear this entertainment guest line from nashville is singer songwriter mark allen barnett Visit his website at www.markallenbarnett.com. Now, now before you start getting all nervous listeners and wondering which spelling of Mark is it and which spelling of Allen is it and is his last name with one or two T's, is there any, remember, you can look at the title of this episode on your listening device to get the proper spelling of his name so you can check out markallenbarnett.com. And then once you're on his site, you will find social media links for both Facebook and YouTube. His music is also available for purchase on his official website. And visit the calendar section of markallenbarnett.com to see where and when you can see him perform live. He is always out playing somewhere in Nashville. Be sure that you're also checking out www.nhte.net, as in now hear this entertainment, nhte.net. For every episode of this show, we've got the full audio plus the guest's photo, a link to their website, and quotes from the guest on each show. Sign up for the e-newsletter at nhte.net and subscribe to this podcast and tell others about it too. Subscribing is free and it makes it very easy to get the show every week on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or by following on SoundCloud. Go ahead and use the social media buttons on nhte.net to like the Now Hear This page on Facebook and to follow on Twitter and or Instagram. If you are a new listener to the show, thank you very much. Please do check out some of the prior episodes of Now Hear This Entertainment. We've had a lot of great guests along the way so far. I named a few of them already. As always, many thanks, of course, to those who are not first-time listeners. Very much appreciate your time and your interest and support. So... Let's dive into what you do, Mab, because we were just talking about Frankie Ballard and Megan Lindsay, and back in the intro of this episode, I called you an ambassador for Nashville, although, ironically, you serve people in and and do travel to other locations, and I want people to understand what that's all about. Okay, Uh, and thank you for that. I I try to be an ambassador, and I do travel. I was in Los Angeles last week working with a group of songwriters. Uh, I am a professional mentor and coach, and what I mean by that is uh, people that are trying to get into the music business, and they're not necessarily in the business itself. There's some people that might just want to play in their local writer's nights or write songs they can be proud of to play for their family or their wife. And a lot of people, you mentioned the television show, Nash, 
You cannot believe what it has done for tourism in this town. This matter of fact, we're, we're talking about in Nashville, we should name our state bird the crane because there are cranes everywhere. <laughs> uh, building is just going on and traffic, and we're becoming the new Los Angeles. So we have a lot of tourists come in here, and, and uh, the equivalent would be people that play golf. You know, I don't know if you've ever known any ravenous golfers. They love to go, you know, golf vacations and play in their local tournaments and maybe go to St. Andrews, or, you know, and it's a big vacation. So yeah. we get a lot of that, and there are people that are musical vacationers. So I work with people like that who might be a little older families. Uh, I've, I've worked with uh, with 15-year-old girls and their grandparents and, and kind of giving them uh, some conversations about songwriting and then some conversations about the talent shows of the American Idol. Uh, I have helped on auditions of that, auditions for the Bluebird, oddly enough, and uh, about the recording process. I helped people. I've got a, a girl coming in on Monday from Wisconsin, and we'll be taking her in the recording studio on some songs that we wrote previously. And so I kind of help people walk through all the processes until I turn them over to someone who can take them to a different level. And that's basically what I do. I'm the uh, professional sports coach for uh, for the uh, songwriters and artists. Well, and and I I love all those different services that you know we've talked about in this show before. Certainly, it's it's very overwhelming to someone who gets stars in their eyes, figuratively and literally, and just goes to Nashville and expects it to be okay. I'm here, so you know things are going to start happening now that my feet are on the ground. And all of a sudden, right. it's like, oh, right. I am here, and and gosh, where do I start? Who do I trust? And and I know that, exactly. you know, we I mentioned Chloe Collins, 15 years old. Well, a week later on episode 96, we had a young lady named Caroline who lives in South Carolina. And she talked about going back and forth to Nashville. Now, here's a girl that did not give her age out during that interview, but I know she's under 20 years old. And she herself right. was saying, you have to be careful because there's a lot of sharks. So people, yeah. people need yeah. a Mark Allen Barnett to say, Look, if people are telling you this, believe it. If people mm-hmm. are telling you that, don't believe it. And if people are telling you something else, come and see me. Well, that, that's it. There's all everyone that is involved in this in any level have their own agenda. There are people that own studios, and and, and many of them are legitimate. I, I sometimes call Nashville the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Everybody <laughs> thinks they can do what you need. Everybody thinks that they can make you a star. Everybody has this this grandiose design. Some of them have done that. You know, there might be some people who have been very successful, but it might have been many, many years ago. And and the town changes so fast. I mean, you asked about American Idol and, and the voice and those and technology. I mean, we're in a YouTube world now. And and so uh, all of that comes into play in, in the amount of people that are here. And there is always someone ready to separate you from your money. So my, <laughs> my I do things much slower and more methodical. I, I sit down with people and, and help them build much better products from the beginning and then walk them through and then tell them, I can't tell you whether to do this or not to do this, but here are the options. Here's what's going to happen if you go this way. Here's probably what's going to happen if you go this way. And I can lay it out. And generally, another thing about my tours, I know people that have been through all that. So I could sit and, and I had, it's funny you mentioned Megan, because I had a, a, one of my tours and I call them that because you go to the past, the present, and the future of the of the uh, writer. And I had this guy and his family, and I asked him, you know, is there anybody you wanted to meet? Well, one of the people he wanted to meet was Megan. Huh. Well, I happened to, we were going to lunch, and I was a few blocks from Megan's house, so I called her up. 
And she came down and it was funny. We're just sitting there talking. All of a sudden she comes up and sits right beside him. And I said, there's your tour. Another, another woman from Chicago was going, well, do you meet any celebrities on this? And I said, well, actually songwriters in Nashville are more celebrities, but would you like to meet one? And she said, sure. Sitting right next to us in a booth was Weird Al Yankovic. No kidding. So I said, there's breakfast with Weird Al. <laughs> and, I, and I run into Vince. And, and a lot of my friends who have been very successful songwriters are very nice to sit down and talk for a few minutes about their journey. And I'm lucky to have been here 28 years. And I know a lot of people in all kinds of uh, people, video directors and producers and publishers. And I generally can get some people within reason. You know, I can't go get uh, Brad Paisley or Keith Urban, although I know them both. I can't get them to sit down. But a lot of times I can... I can have lunches or, or breakfast with uh, some people. It's a lot of fun. Really. It's, it's really fun. I like that you mentioned in there about recording studios because certainly there's one on practically every street corner in Nashville. And, and I and what yeah. I what I envision is people who go to Nashville again. Going back to my my reference to with you know with stars in their eyes and and. One of the mistakes they'll make is go to a recording studio. Well, you know, why are you going there? Because they right. will they will gladly sit down with you and, and quote you an exorbitant price. And because there's so many in, in Nashville, you don't know which to pick from. So it's good to have a guy like Mark Allen Barnett to go to and say, yeah. look, I just visited a studio and they told me that they're going to do X project for X amount. And you can go mm-hmm. and you can look at them and say, what? <laughs> or yeah. you can say, yeah. oh, you made, you made a good decision. That, that's a good place. Right, right. Well, I had a friend, uh, unfortunately, passed away. He's a wonderful guy, but people just kept asking him for his time and his time. He ended up getting thousands and thousands of dollars to do what we call vanity projects. And, and you know, you can't, you're not the one that can make the decision on what somebody else should spend their money on. If it's, if it is means so much to you to have a, a very famous person produce you on your songs, hey, that's your, thing but you also at least look at the options and that is kind of my deal i'm i'm the tour guide and i'll take you around and show you two or three different things and introduce you to some people and you see how those relationships go the one of the biggest problems that people make bruce and i know you've seen this that we get very excited about the songs that we write boy that song the the greatest songs ever written were yesterday by Paul McCartney, imagined by John Lennon, and the song I just wrote this morning, you know? <laughs> and, and they get very excited, and they come in with songs that they haven't really played for anybody, because that's another thing that's very difficult in this day and age, is getting anyone to listen to songs. There are so many songs and so many songwriters, just no physical way. Uh, mm. Ask and BMI have three to 400 people a day trying to get in to get appointments, so you can't mm. even get anyone to listen. So you need to kind of have a, 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 a sounding board about what your songs are. Uh, some people need to wait a little while before they they uh, record, and, and, and sometimes the songs may work for their local neighborhoods and, and Schenectady, but they really don't work for Nashville. And you need to keep all that into perspective when you're trying to, to decide on recording. You, you need to decide what your purposes are. Uh, and, and so I try to help people, you know, make those decisions. I, I like that. I, I like that analogy. And I, I think what I want the listeners to be clear on is, is Mab is saying, and, and listeners, as, as you notice, uh, I take the liberty of referring to him by his initials. Mab is saying that if you go to him and say, look, this studio is quoting me this price, should I do it? He's not going to say, 
yeah, jump on it. He's going to tell you if it's fair market price or not. He's 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 not going to he's going to just help you make an informed decision. So if you go somewhere and say this is what I was quoted, does that sound reasonable? Yes, it does. Right. He's not telling you go yes. do it. He's just saying, yeah, yeah, sure. That's that's about what you can expect to pay here. And, right. and I wonder, back when we had you on episode 12 of this show, I'm pretty sure you quoted a figure of how many people come to Nashville. I can't remember if it was each week, each month, or each year, versus how many people leave Nashville, whatever it was, each yeah. each week or month. Or year. As, as we start into 2016, are you seeing that trend change one way or another? And, and if not... It's exploding. It's okay. exploding. The numbers that I use, and I, I use a variety of sources, kind of people from that I know from ASCAP, BMI, CSAC, NSAI, National Songwriters Association. It's kind of they're loose numbers, but it's around six hundred people a week that come wow. in attempting to wow. do something with music. Some move, some are making trips, and that's offset by about twelve hundred people a week that have, oh. have tried between six months and two years to do something, and then just finally given up. Mm. Wow. But do you do you ever think do you think that will ever change where where people won't be coming to Nashville in such huge droves like that or or, or is this kind of a a uh, indefinite thing? Do you think actors will ever quit going to Los Angeles or New York? My next question is <laughs> <laughs> No, I think there you've got two sides of, of the equation. First of all, you have a very interesting place, a very interesting city that is in the middle of the country, and, and it's very easy to get here. A lot of people, at the, not just country music, but we have Kid Rock here now. We have uh, Justin Timberlake just bought 2,500 acres. We have a lot of rock stars hmm. and actors that are, are moving. Russell Crowe is supposedly getting a, a place here. And so I think uh, that there is a tourist factor and a, a great family-oriented actor. We're getting a lot of people to come in. Yeah, we also are the beneficiaries of something else that's interesting that's gone on throughout the country. As a lot of businesses have closed, jobs have gotten downsized, the economic hardships hit a lot of places. Nashville has become a, a, a mecca for people coming here, figuring if they have some, I, I remember a real estate guy that moved here. He said, if I'm going to be unemployed, I'd rather be unemployed in Nashville because I at least can play my songs. Wow. You know? Wow. So we get a lot of, it's not all the, always the stars in your eyes. As a matter of fact, I'd say half of the people here that come here, not really expecting to become stars. They just want to be around a community that's kind of like them. If you're a singer or songwriter and you're in the middle of New York or, you know, upstate Minnesota or something, there's not a lot of uh, communities for you to hang out with. So people come here and it feels conducive to what they really like to do. Of course, that's everybody's trying to do the same thing. But uh, I think there's, again, there are great things that brings new people in, it brings fresh blood in. It's the downside is there's so many people here. It just gets more congested. Well, one one of the many things that I've enjoyed as as I've gone back and forth to Nashville is that there is still a huge perception out there that only country music is being done in Nashville, and I love right. that they do embrace other genres and and that as I mean, you just mentioned Justin Timberlake, but but that other other performers are going there to do music that that is not necessarily country. Sure, it's 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 number one, and and that's always right. going to be kind of what it's known for. But but I love that you don't get turned away, and people don't say, what are you doing with that kind of music? Don't bring that around here. Right. Well, I find, I always love to ask a question when people say, is it just about country music? And I'll go, well, tell me what country music is. Mm. 
because country music is an enormously wide tent. I mean, you can have the rockin' Jason Aldean. You can have uh, the, uh, you know, you can have the uh, Lady Antebellum and uh, pop country of Taylor Swift. You can have more traditional things of Mo Pitney. You can have, it, it's, there is a large uh, group of people in, in country music. In my, my opinion, it's as vibrant and as diverse as any uh, music uh, that's out there. Yeah, and it's interesting because one of those young girls that I had on episodes 95 and 96, it was either Chloe Collins or, or Caroline, I asked them about the, the type of music that they were doing, and, and when they mentioned pop, I said, well, just for laughs, wh- wh- what kind of pop music do you like? Who are you listening yes. to these days? And she said, Carrie Underwood. Right. <laughs> I thought, well, exactly. you know, other people would yeah. say, well, isn't she country? So there, there is such a wide range. You know, I was I was thinking of Zach Brown when, when you were rattling off the list. So, yeah, people can Absolutely. sit around a table and come up with as many different answers as there are people in those chairs. Yeah, I, that's, that's exactly right. Another service that, that you provide is is obviously for someone that, and, and, and by the way, let's let's go on the record. Uh, what's, your, what's your total up to these days in terms of the number of songs you've written? I'm, I'm well. The the three thousand number is holding. I'm, I'm around thirty uh, thirty one hundred. Okay. Last okay. year I had an off year and only got seventy five. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I was going to say, I, uh, for someone that's written that many songs, certainly one of the services that that you do provide as as you're doing what you do there in Nashville, your tours and everything, is is songwriting and and I think. The one thing that you have said to one of my clients that has stuck with her the most over the years is when you told Melissa Brethauer that when you write songs, it needs to be like visual furniture, that, that people cannot yeah. necessarily picture your thoughts or emotions. And, and I just wanted you to talk about that a little bit, because I really love that approach as, as advice for songwriting. Well, it is the thing. We're a visual culture. If you think about how we start every day, we're on the internet. We're checking our emails. We're checking the news. You're on television. You hear the radio. It's just everything is a very visual, visual culture. And people's attention spans now are so short. If they don't have something that just stimulates their brain, they're on to something else. It leads to what I call, lovingly referred to as glow songs. And those are the songs where people are so bored they pull their phones out and are texting while people are on stage. And you see the glow of their uh, the cell phone in their face. And, and for songwriters, we're trying to always make sure people know exactly what we're saying. It's very – having something like I love you, I hate you, I want to kill you, all that, that's an emotion, and, and we all feel that. But if people want to say I love you because the way your face looks when the sun comes across – uh, our morning in our windows, uh, it really makes you think, okay, I'm right there. I know exactly what you're thinking about. Yeah. And that's the deal. Songwriters and artists a lot of times will take things for granted. They'll take, well, they'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Well, no, in today's culture, you better explain it. It, it doesn't mean dumbing it down. It just means making it clear. And I want to be able to picture a scene. I want the little video going off in my mind when I'm listening to what someone is saying. And that's what I try to do myself. Yeah, and and I love you know that that you will sit down and and look at someone's lyrics and say it's a it's a pretty good idea, but but here and, and you'll hand the paper back to them and say start placing some furniture in into this song right. so, so I can see right. it better. Exactly. How I, is she doing? By the way, she is a wonderful, wonderful singer. You know, she's she's doing great. Thank you. And uh, enjoying life in in L.A. and uh, her her new album just came out a couple months ago. So. Just um, continuing to, to love what she does. and um, I was out there last week. I wish I had known. I would have loved to have seen it. 
Okay, now it's time for Bruce's bonus. This is a segment here on Now Hear This Entertainment where I take off my hat as podcast host and put on my hat as president of Now Hear This Incorporated, giving a helpful tip for the listeners that are musicians, singers, songwriters, entertainers who are out there trying hard to make a go of it. Today's bonus is Believe in Yourself. If you've been searching for what could be the stumbling block that's holding you back in your career, perform a self-audit. Visit your belief system and discern, is it true? If not, identify what beliefs are holding you up and go to work on them. Otherwise, you're convincing yourself of what you can't do. And that is today's Bruce's Bonus. How about that? Helpful? There are a whole bunch of tips just like that over all the prior episodes of this show. To make it easy for the listeners out there who are musicians, singers, songwriters, entertainers to get the tips in one concise format, there is a Bruce's Bonus Book Volume 1 and a Bruce's Bonus Book Volume 2 for purchase in ebook format, giving you all the tips from episodes 1 to 40 and 41 to 80, respectively. Just go to www.brucesbonusbook.com for online ordering and instant delivery. I have to ask you, there's people that you encounter that are, that are not like Melissa. I, I was, I was recently, recently approached by someone. I'm trying to think of a, of a tactful way to put this, whose, whose talent <laughs> level was at such a point that I, I really leaned toward politely and professionally and, and somehow tactfully saying, you know, I think you should put your time and efforts into your modeling career instead of into yeah. your music career. And with all the right. people that, that cross your path in Nashville, and as, as long as you've been at this, we're, we're talking about what, what MAB does there, you, you surely have had to deal with a number of situations like this. How do you delicately tell someone that they just don't have it? I try to turn the mirror on them. Now, I, I, there are things that I do that are a little bit different because my job is to try and give them something, particularly if they're a songwriter. I try to give them something through helping them write and learn the process of songwriting. I'm, I'm teaching them to fish, so hopefully after they spend time with me, they're going to learn something that they can apply. Uh, there are people, and, and, and basically... The world of attrition is going to take care of this. You know, I, I don't think you or I have to tell them, you know, they're wasting their time. They're going to find out soon enough. You can show them, you can turn the mirror on them and show them things that they're doing. And most of the time they'll see it if you get them to look at their songs and look a little deeper at their songs. And, and maybe their talent's not quite there. And you, you, you can show them bit by bit examples. And if they can't, if they can't understand that, then they're going to blindly go through it. I, I, a lot of what I do is damage control and saving them from themselves. And I have had to tell, you know, I, I have had to do this. Tell people, you know, I just don't think this is the best way uh, for you to do this at this time. And again, try to give them some options. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my heartbreaking ones was a, a mother and daughter that came into town, and and it just was way far away from ever being anything. Mm-hmm. And I had to tell them, and then I had to tell the mother privately. I said, you know, I know she's a wonderful girl, and she has these other interests, because the girl had told me her other interests, and I said, you know, it might be better because of all the time that it spends to learn this. It might be better to try and focus on these other things. So I, I have done that. I try to be honest, but I try to be as diplomatic as I can. Yeah, and again, getting back to talking about songwriting, you, you work also with people, 
and I, and I like the way that I like the way that you phrase this. You you call you refer to non-performing songwriters. So so yeah. there's also that option for people too. Go ahead and tell the listeners what, what I'm referring to. Non-performing songwriters are a lot of times anybody over over 35 years old. Anybody <laughs> that's, that's considered you know if you're past 25 now you're a dinosaur. Uh, but there are people who don't want the limelight. They just they they like to. And again, I'll go back to this. I'll say this over and over again. Most people just want to hear what they have in their mind. They want to hear it done. They want to hear it performed. They want to hear uh, a recording of. So they can play it for friends of theirs. Say. I did this. This is what I hear in my head. And so uh, a lot of times you'll have people that come in that are not performers, or if they are performers, they don't want to be stars. They might want to get up on a writer's night or an open mic and perform. Uh, People down at the Frank Brown Festival that we both have gone to, you know, like to get up on that open mic and be around their friends and kind of be, it's it's just a, a fun little thing. So there are those. And then of course there are people trying to get into the business. And I can, uh, in some cases, depends on their talent level and their personality. Uh, I can introduce them to younger performers who need uh, the younger performers a lot of times don't have that much in life experience. So the uh, older people who are non-performers might be able to provide some insights. We often look back where we were at a certain age and go, oh, boy, here's what you're going to run into. You know? <laughs> and, uh, and and so there is that. And, and of course, you know, if you um, do it right and you have someone who, who might be um, – you know, hobbyist, you know, somebody who has a little bit more, shall we say, disposable income than maybe the young starving artist, and they can help pay for a recording for that artist, and that artist goes out and promotes that song and gets uh, on YouTube. Well, the next thing you know, you're in the back door of publishers and record labels, and you've got something representing you, and you're not the star, but it's, it's, it's someone carrying the ball for you. Yeah, I think what happens is, the, the the expression singer songwriter it, sometimes it's hyphenated sometimes there's a slash in between but people pronounce it like it's one big long word and people don't right. realize that you can separate the singer part and just be a songwriter and let someone else record like you said their their ideas their thoughts. An interesting way uh, that some of the songwriters here uh, work their way into the business is getting songs recorded by other people. Uh, you might remember a, a singer named Jamie Johnson. Yep. You know, Jamie, they had a song, magnificent song, In Color. Well, what a lot of people don't realize is before that, a couple of years before that, he wrote a big Trace Atkins hit called Honky Donk, Badonky Donk. <laughs> That's what provided him the end with the industry that enabled him to do what he wanted to do. And, uh, and so getting songs recorded, but... But again, and now we're in a, an age, and here is the, the when you're talking about the changes in the industry. The the thing now uh, that has changed radically over the last ten years are you have really got to have artists involved in the song. There was a time, and and it was kind of running out when I moved to Nashville in '88. Uh, uh, being able to write for a publishing company and you were pitching songs to these singers and you were you were uh, trying to get your songs cut. Well, now that has changed because of the individual money and so many songs have just dropped. I mean, people getting millions and millions of streams on the Internet and making literally tens of dollars. <laughs> so we have shifted to what we call the branding phase. Taylor Swift is a brand and, and Zach Brown is a brand. And they, the, those artists are got to be involved in writing the song. So non-performing artists have become more and more incumbent to find themselves younger artists 
kind of developing what I love to call a farm team. You're mm-hmm. you're trying to help them, support them. You're trying – well, you've done it with Melissa. Uh, you're trying to be part of their team, and songwriters are needing to have them because it's very difficult in this day and age when, when people are starting to write songs at 12, at 12 years old. It's very difficult to shove some words in their mouth that they feel comfortable about saying. So you you've really got to work more with the artist now that than ever has been before. Yeah, we've we've talked on the show about age appropriate songs and some of those lyrics that people are trying to perform and listeners are kind of scratching their head and saying this person couldn't have possibly had this happen to them. So exactly. how how are yeah. they singing this? And and you know I I'm a big advocate. I always say and. and uh, and I do practice what I preach. Uh, one of my clients right now, she she only sings, but she is she is learning to play guitar and piano. And I say mm-hmm. that if you're young and you're just getting started, and, and all you do is sing, then you know as you're saying to to build the brand, get get more skin in the game, learn to play an instrument because it's going to make yeah. you that much more marketable. You're going to be able to do a whole lot more than just stand in front of the mic while your while your band plays behind you. And and lo, like I said, lo and behold, here's this client of mine that I basically told. Her that the day she started working with me, and now here she is, uh, being ambitious and, and learning both guitar and piano. So I, I, I love your advice about people needing to be more involved with with what they're doing instead of putting all their eggs in one basket. Well, you have to be practical about this. I have a gentleman coming in next week. He's sixty years old. He does not play an instrument. He sings things a cappella. Mm. Well, if you talk about a hard pitch to sit down and get somebody to listen to an a cappella song, wow. that ain't gonna happen. Wow. So I have to help him come up with uh, meet some people that can play an instrument. I have to uh, help him. He's he's actually from a town that I work with some people up in Michigan, and I've got to help him up there meet some people that can can help him. But you know, we'll we'll find some ways to 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 do that. But it, playing an instrument is a definite plus. It's not essential if you don't do it yourself. You better hang around a group of people who can do it. Indeed. I am Bruce Wozniak, and joining me on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Nashville is singer-songwriter Mark Allen Barnett. Visit his website at www.markallenbarnett.com. Since you might be listening to this while driving or out for a run or working out at the gym, remember that you can just look at the title of this episode on your listening device to get the proper spelling of his name so you can check out markallenbarnett.com. And then once you're on his site, you will find social media links for both Facebook and YouTube. His music is also available for purchase on his official website. And visit the calendar section of markallenbarnett.com to see where and when you can see him perform live. Be sure that you're also checking out www.nhte.net, as in Now Hear This Entertainment. Now Hear This Entertainment is at nhte.net. For every episode of this show, we've got the full audio, plus the guest's photo, a link to their website, and quotes from the guest on each show. Sign up for the e-newsletter at nhte.net and subscribe to this podcast and tell others about it, too. Subscribing is free, and it makes it very easy to get the show every week on iTunes and Stitcher Radio or by following on SoundCloud. Go ahead and use the social media buttons on nhte.net to like the Now Hear This page on Facebook and to follow on Twitter and or Instagram. If you are a new listener to the show, thank you very much, and please do check out some of the prior episodes of Now Hear This Entertainment. We've had a lot of great guests along the way so far. As always, many thanks, of course, to those who are not first-time listeners. I very much appreciate your time and your interest and support. You mentioned, Mab, uh, about the... um, 
We talked about the Bluebird, and, and in November, you were down in Alabama at the Frank Brown International Songwriters Festival, which is also very well known. I wonder, I, similar question to what I asked about the Bluebird. After, after playing at the Frank Brown Festival for a number of years, do you still feel that you take away something new from it each year? Absolutely. Every single time. It's, you, a couple of things happen down there. First of all, it's like old high school reunion week. <laughs> those of us, have, I've been going... It's just going 24 years down there, and, and so you see all these people. And you also, you know, it, it's a little sad because some of the older guys that you've known and become friends with have passed away. And, and so, you know, there's there's a lot of reminiscing down there. And But there's always new people. Uh, you know, that's how I met you and Melissa, and, and I, I've met many artists. They have a lot of younger artists. They're trying to get newer people involved. They're giving some uh, showcases to some of the younger people. So I've actually had people that I've met down there that have come up to Nashville and I've worked with. And uh, I, I take new things away every single time. And, and it's new people that you don't ordinarily get that hears your music, you know, because it's not just a songwriting listening crowd. These are people just going to the beach. Uh, they're college students. Uh, we, we played, I played 12 shows down there this last year. And, mm. and one night was uh, a graduating class from, uh, from the Navy flight school. Wow. So you're talking about, you better have some <laughs> up-tempo songs for those people. <laughs> but you just get it. It's a big cross section and it's a wonderful, wonderful time. It's the first weekend uh, for 10 days. It's uh, the first weekend in, in November. It's an amazing time. I'm curious, uh, obviously it was very recently New Year's and, and all the musicians get all psyched about getting booked to perform on New Year's Eve because it's the biggest night of the year for them to make money jacking up the rate and all. Is is Nashville yeah. kind of an anomaly when it comes to that? Because I, I know that a great number of opportunities for playing there are non-paying. Yes. <laughs> yeah, no, it is anomaly. That's right. It's, again, supply and demand when you have a lot of people doing the same thing. Now, on some of the higher-level venues, you know, uh, they, of course, those are uh, – it depends on how much money they're the cover charges. Uh, but you've got a lot of places. Lower Broadway has has between thirty and and fifty nightclubs, and and people just go in and out of each one. And those those are not high paying. Uh, you get seen by a lot of people. Uh, and in this day and age, uh, downtown has turned into broad uh, turned into uh, Bourbon Street every night. Again, the the downside of the. Uh, of the uh, tourism crash has just been there's so many people coming into town. Uh, it, it becomes difficult to drive and negotiate. But, uh, you know, there are private parties, there are private events, but you just have a lot of people doing the same thing. And so you can't charge as much money in this town as you could uh, in, you know, an outlying in, in Florida or other places that don't have yeah. as much competition. Yeah, and I, and I wanted to make that point because – Again, the listeners that go to Nashville and think that they're going to be the next big thing, you don't want to be walking in somewhere and saying, and by the way, here's how much I need to get, because they're going to say, well, we don't pay anybody to play here. <laughs> right. So, you right. Know. It, it, you'll, you'll be told um, for every one slot, and you have to understand, say, the 30 or 40 that are downtown, those are people that have been there for years. And you almost have to literally wait till somebody dies <laughs> for somebody to be moving in because everybody wants to play those. And the Bluebird, as years ago, they had a, a standing list, and this is about 10 years ago, a standing list of 25,000 people that had auditioned and that were waiting to play oh, boy. three songs on the Sunday night. That's 10 years ago. 
they they were turning away at the auditions. They were turning away uh, an average of 100 people a week that showed up to try and play the Monday night open mic. Uh, there's just no physical way to get that many people in. So for every slot in this town, you have about 500 to 1,000 people trying to get into that slot. If anybody has seen those lines on American Idol and The Voice, the auditions, that's pretty much it every day here. It sounds like uh, it sounds like the waiting list for waiting list for Green Bay Packers season tickets. <laughs> you, you always hear about the only way you're going to get Packers season tickets is if someone dies and leaves them to you. That's exactly right. And, and here, there is a process. There is an etiquette. You come in and you, you play the open mics, which is the, at the end of the night. You kind of have to wait till everybody's played, and you get up and you play to a song of mine, Tables and Chairs. You get up and there, there's, a, there's nobody in there, but that's part of the process. And then after a while, you get into the invited rounds. There are songwriter clubs that have rounds, and then there are places uh, downtown. You know, there are different bands that might let somebody get up and sit in with them. Frankie used to do that. When he would come into town, he'd go down, and he got known pretty quickly as a great guitar player, and, and people got to know him, and they would invite him up to play. Um, I remember going down on Sundays, and I seen this little guy at Tootsie's named Brad Paisley, and he was, <laughs> he was just, trying, just moving into town. So everybody goes through the same process, and you earn your way in. If you've been there for a while and you can bring in crowds, then you can move up to some of those clubs like Douglas Corner or the Exit Inn or, or uh, the listening room that, that uh, you can charge a cover charge and you can make a little bit of money off of that. But it's always going to cost you, too. It, 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 it costs money to be here. It costs money to advertise. It costs money to do a lot of things. If you're doing a band, you're going to have to pay it in because those guys don't pay for it. So if you're the artist, you're going to have to figure out how you're going to keep this all going uh, and have three jobs, you know. And I want to clarify, earlier in the show when I asked Mab about playing at the Bluebird, and he said that playing at the Bluebird is, is like Nashville's Broadway. He was comparing it to Broadway in New York, not not the Broadway That's that right. actually is in Nashville, which is kind of the touristy yeah area that he's referring to. Yeah. Uh, everyone is going to have different things that they'll remember from 2015, but as it relates to the music industry, it's it's kind of sad to, to automatically default, you know, to, to ridiculousness, you know, like Miley Cyrus, for example. Yeah. Is, is, the, is there ever going to be a time, Mab, when, when you don't have artists who are going for shock value? And, and, and I guess for that matter, is that sort of bizarre stuff ever seen in Nashville, or is it basically reserved for New York, L.A., MTV, and award shows. <laughs> it, it's Yeah, that's more of that. It's actually an opposite thing. Uh, and, and, of course, there are elements of this change uh, as we get a younger demographic. But I think country music and the national community has never really embraced the shock factor. I don't think you find as many YouTube TMZ moments. And, and we have quite a few celebrities here in town, but you don't find people purposely trying to catch them off guard and, and, and you don't find the artist trying to play up the, uh, the negative sides. I think everybody in this town that I am aware of uh, do pay attention to their reputation off the stage as much as on the stage. And on the stage, shock value is it's kind of very momentary. You know, you may get a big blurb, but the negative things that you create because of that often greatly outweigh the the positives, and and they don't last very long. Yeah, people may uh, remember I, you, but they'll remember you for all the wrong reasons. Oh, you mean the guy with the yeah. rainbow wig? Yeah, I can't stand yeah, exactly. him. Yeah, exactly. He showed up last night? Can't stand that guy. 
And, and you know, when in a town like this where everybody kind of knows everybody, uh, you don't personally want to be around those kind of people. You don't want to be around people that embrace, uh, shall we say, the negative side of life. Whereas in, in rock and pop, the people that have the drug problems and get to go through rehab and come out and talk about it or look great on, on uh, a talk show, but they're really not that much fun to hang out around. Nashville yeah. really doesn't go for that side of things, and, and I've seen people really end some careers because of that. Uh, I, I've seen it go exactly the other way. Well, and I'm sure that's another benefit of, of people using your service for the Nashville tours. I'm sure that's obviously one of the things that you tell them in the very early going is, is look, you're not here to stargaze. You're not here for shock value, you know, get, get noticed for all, for all the right reasons and, and for your talent, you know, not because you're, you're loud and obnoxious and, you know, kicking indoors. Can I say one thing right here? This is something I, I greatly believe in because I've seen what's happening. Please. Twitter and Facebook are going to kill as many careers as drugs and alcohol ever did. Wow. Right now we have this thing where everybody puts everything they want to say on Twitter and Facebook. I'm going to tweet and, that. And, <laughs> yeah, there you go. And, and that stuff stays up there. And, and you never know who is reading what you do. So you better be very careful and cautious about how you you say things that's going to be politically idolized. You know, it's that old thing. Don't talk about politics, religion, or her. You know, you've got to be cautious about how you approach subjects because Facebook in particular is the soapbox everyone is standing on now. And we are in a really highly politically charged environment, not just in the election that's going on, but just in life. Everybody kind of and, – and you can get attacked very quickly. So I would encourage anyone wanting to be involved in this industry, be careful what you say online because it can come back to bite you. It's really ironic that you brought that up because I got an email earlier today from somebody who said that they were on my show and that we met through, and I don't even remember the person's name because it's someone I've never heard of before, and then mm -hmm. we're talking about some event and would I like to be a speaker there, and I thought, number one, this looks like a canned email that's going out to who knows how many people, and number two, right. it's a political event. I'm not about to attach my name and my business's name to something political right. because of exactly the reasons that you're saying, that people can come back and say, oh, Bruce Wozniak, he's the guy who you know, support so-and-so or who spoke at such-and-such such a rally and, you know, wow, people will immediately paint you with, with a brush that you'll say, whoa, it, it, wow, I, I thought I was just a guest speaker. What happened? And it's over exactly. with that. It's over that quickly. You're known by the company you keep, and sometimes you don't have to keep that company to bite you. There's another thing that happens. There's a lot of people that want to get online and do song pitching online, and, and you know, I can email this in, so they'll find the address of some producer, and, and they'll think they're going to be able to get their songs in. Well, there are so many viruses, and there's so many scams and schemes. You're not going to take a chance. If you're in the music industry, you're not going to take the chance on opening up something from someone you don't know. Mm. And uh, and then there's the legal aspect. You know, somebody sends you a song. It's one of the things that we who have been around here a long time have a, a, a bit of a problem with. People come up and they want to give us CDs and they want us to listen to their songs. Well, if we end up writing something that's similar to that, you say, wait a minute, I gave you my CD, you stole my song. Here we go with lawsuits. <laughs> and, and almost every major writer and artist are having to deal with, with uh, intellectual property lawsuits against them. Uh, and, and so it's just you can't get things heard because people are afraid to take a chance on maybe getting sued. Crazy, crazy. Well, 
a lot of great advice, and I encourage you listeners, if you still have questions, and you will, and, and you want to know more, then certainly uh, visit Mab's website and, and make contact. He provides many, many services. We've probably only talked about more than half of them, but there are certainly others. In the meantime, we're going to close today with another song of yours, Mab, one entitled The Biggest Risk. Before we let you go, tell the listeners all about this song, if you would, please. Well, again, one of the things that I I do is try to hook people up with people farther along. I have an artist named Danny Danny Jamerson, came from the same town as Frankie Ballard, an amazing artist. She's a six-foot-tall, beautiful blonde belting singer, and uh, she is in Kalamazoo, Michigan, and is making sure it sound. Another friend of mine is Joey Scott, who is an experienced writer, had a number one with Colin Ray, uh, has had enormous hits, and, and Shania Twain. She's a great writer. Well, we all got together one day, and they started talking. I, I love being three-way co-writes where I'm just kind of a fly on the wall and take the things that they say, and, and they were talking about in order to get anything in life, you've got to take risks. That's what life Life is about and and the biggest risk is taking no risk at all and so mm. i just wrote these things down and uh, literally if you listen to the words in this song they're pretty much a conversation going on between two women i just kind of took it down and put it in a form <laughs> and put a melody behind it but it's kind of how songs get written it's, it's real and uh hopefully people can relate to it i hope so i'm really proud of this song Awesome. Well, Mab, thank you again for being back on the show, and Happy New Year, and hopefully I'll look forward to seeing you up there real soon. You too, my friend. Thank you so much, and best to all your listeners, and anybody can uh, email me or contact me anytime. I'd love to talk to you. Thank you. That will do it for this week's episode of Now Hear This Entertainment. My sincere thanks to singer-songwriter Mark Allen Barnett. Be sure to visit his official website. It's www.markallenbarnett.com. Plus, engage with him on social media. As I've mentioned before, there are icons on his website for both Facebook and YouTube. Plus, purchase his music right there on his website and check out the calendar there for his list of live performances. For that matter, tell him you heard him and his music on Now Hear This Entertainment. Don't forget to visit www.nhte.net. Sign up for the email newsletter there by simply putting in your email address. And of course, please do subscribe to this podcast and tell your friends about it. Give us a nice review on iTunes or Stitcher Radio, too, hopefully accompanied by a five-star rating. That really does help the show a lot. If you are listening on SoundCloud, remember that you can like and share. Uh, They call it repost episodes there. And you can also follow on SoundCloud. Let's get your feedback on the show, too. Post your comments or questions on the Now Hear This Facebook page. There are links to it and Twitter and even the Now Hear This official YouTube channel all on nhte.net. Plus, there's a link there to this show on Instagram. Or send us an email. The email address is on the contact page of nhte.net. We have been recording this show at the great facilities at Crystal Blue Sound Studios near Tampa, Florida. Check them out online on their website at www.cbpro.net. That's CB as in Crystal Blue. Thanks for listening. We'll send you out today with another song from Mark Allen Barnett. This is the one he just talked about. It's called The Biggest Risk. Should I take it left or right? Feel like a paper airplane 
at the mercy of a breath. Nothing is a sure thing, nothing drops into your lap. The course of life's a short one on some predetermined map. Hard not to overthink it, never know what's coming next. There's two things I'm sure of From time to time I'll fall And the biggest risk there is Is taking no risk at all Do I give it to my wanderlust And leave the place I know Or stay in wonder my whole life What's beyond my comfort zone It's like trying to make a choice Between water, food Fame can make you feel good, but that's just a one-night stand. Fortunes, they can crumble, they slip right through your hands. Love can last, and that is what I need to find out there. I swear I'm gonna get it, even if I have to crawl. And the biggest risk there is, is taking no risk at all. By the chances that I take So go ahead life Throw it at me Keep building higher walls Cause the biggest risk there is Is taking no risk at all The biggest risk there is Is taking no risk at all 